All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Down to Business podcast here with Tamar Turner. And I think with this one, y'all, I think we just might have made history here. So just a little bit of background. So this is the first mother-daughter duo on the podcast. And man, like if I could tell y'all how far back her daughter dates Whitney, Whitney dates back to episode three, I'm pretty sure. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So beauty. Whitney came on here and talked about W Cosmetics. It was one of my first interviews with somebody who, when I was really getting things off the ground and running, she believed it. Big shout out to Coach E, man. That's my that's my dog. That's family right there. So this is family I'm sitting in front of. But no, somebody who really being able to just know the Taylor family a good portion of my life and really just being able to see a lot of what they have done, are currently doing, and will go on to do, man. It's just been nothing short of amazing. So very excited, man, to be sitting down with Whitney's mom today, Tish, man. Very excited for what she's about to get give y'all, especially for the ladies and just everything that she has done in the Philadelphia area and everything that's going to come. So Tish, how are we doing today, man? How is everything? Oh, I'm doing great. Great. I'm a little, just a little anxious, but I'll be okay. <laughs> we could work through the anxiousness. We could make that happen for sure. So no, like I said, I'm definitely excited to be sitting down with you. Definitely excited for everything. Definitely. I appreciate E lighting the fire under me. I appreciate E lighting the fire under you a little bit because it took, you know, it's like a little bit of everything for us to get together today. But no, nonetheless, very excited, very happy for you. Very just happy for the family. Very happy thank for you. all the success, all the blessings. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So for everybody out there, so I know that obviously, you know, you're going to bring the crowd, you're going to bring the ladies, you're going to bring clients, everything like that. I know that I'm going to try to bring the best I can when it comes to the crowd, everybody who shows us love and makes things happen. But I also know that, you know, people will be coming and we'll have some newcomers along the lines. We'll have mm-hmm. some new audience and things like that. For everybody, just to bring everybody up to the same speed, can you, one, tell us a little bit about yourself? And then two, what brings you on the podcast today? Okay, sure. Uh, a little bit about myself. Like you said, my name is Tish Taylor. I'm the uh, owner of Posh Hair Artistries in the Germantown section or Chestnut Hill section of uh, Philadelphia. I've been doing this for hair over about 25 years now. Yeah, so I'm a seasoned stylist. Just want you know, just to talk a little bit about um, entrepreneurship, you know, just trying to get getting started. You know, maybe hopefully I'll be able to motivate some uh, women, you know, if anybody's just listening, you know, if they um, had any reservations about trying to uh, start a business, you know, hopefully they will um, be encouraged to after we finish. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Look, mm-hmm. y'all been doing hair. She said 25 years. That, that's yeah. as long as I was born. Look, I'll be 26 <laughs> in July. So oh, wow. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be 26 on July 26, man. So oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's crazy. But okay. So like you said, just want to talk about a little bit about entrepreneurship, even give some motivation, drop some gems for the people, all of that. Okay. So let's take it back a little bit. Let's go 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Where did the interest in hair start? Was it always hair? Did it? How, how did that come about? I feel like a lot of people always have, you know, those those interesting stories about how we develop our hobbies and passions and right. things like that. They always kind of serve a purpose. So yeah, for you, 25 years ago, what did that look like? Okay, so it's interesting that you asked me that question because I actually went to school for accounting. I was going, supposed to be an accountant. Not only that, I also hold a uh, license to sell real estate. <laughs> So I was going to be in like corporate, you know, business. But um, I did, I did always had a passion for doing here. I would do it on the side. I did not think that this is what I would be doing uh, as a career. This was going to be what I did for a living. But uh, like you said, you know, you I know you gave a shout out to Coach East. But he was really the one, my boyfriend at the time, now husband, he actually gave me that push and encouraged me. He was like, listen, Tess, he knew that, you know, going to school, I mean, I, I was in college and doing what I needed to do because that was expected of me. But I still, I did have the desire, like I said, to do hair. And he was like, you know what? Maybe you should go ahead and pursue cosmetology. And at that time, I was just like, mm, I don't know if that's going to fly. I was 
my family, you know what I mean? They were expecting me to go ahead, get this accounting degree, maybe tell us real estate. But I'm glad that I listened to them and I did. I went to school for cosmetology and it went from just doing something on the side to an actual passion. Um, I did I did hold a few um, other little jobs, corporate working at the bank, that type of thing while I was doing here on the side. And then my love for uh, the industry just grew, you know, because uh, once you start off, especially in this type of industry, you have to build clientele. And in order to uh, build that clientele, I mean, it takes a lot of work, put a lot of hours into, you know, becoming the stylist uh, that I am today. So yeah, so to answer your question, no, I hadn't always, I, I, that wasn't my goal. I really did not see, 25 years ago, I did not see myself as a business owner, salon owner. And time and time again, I really think that that's the beauty of this, like mm-hmm. this podcast and just the journey of entrepreneurship, business ownership, artistry, anything like that. It's just because, right. you know, there is no right or wrong way to this. Everybody is running a race, essentially. But essentially, that path to that finish line, it can be different mm-hmm. for everybody. You spoke exactly. about you spoke about accounting, you know, two things now where, you know, back then, you know, you would asked your parents or you may have even asked a, a younger Tish. Oh, for sure. That, that's me. Bottom line. But, you know, sometimes it takes that push. Sometimes it takes those external factors. But even on top of that, like you said, your parents wouldn't have went over well with that. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) But it's you still having to make that decision and still having to say, look, well, you know what? Maybe maybe he might know what he's talking about a little bit. Maybe he's not that crazy. Maybe, you know. And then on top of that, it, it then turned into a passion. But then you also realize that, you know, with a passion, with things like that, with exposing yourself to any new just venture or hobby, whatever you want to call it, it right. takes still work. You still have to lay that foundation. You still have to get that ground. Exactly. Thing of, oh, exactly. I do here. Everybody just coming. No, you have to build that clientele, build that trust. So I think it's more important just because when it comes to hair now, I know how the fellas feel. So I know the ladies, you just right. can't let right. everybody operate on the head, you know? So it's exactly. like sitting there for hours and everything like that. You got to really make it happen. Okay. So what was it, what was it really like, you know, almost having to go against the grain in a sense? Like you said, you were used to, you were studying accounting. You even had the real estate license and everything like that. As you were kind of pivoting, as you were getting into hair, did you feel like you were kind of leaving things behind? Did you feel like accountant real estate, maybe you were giving up opportunities that were right in front of you? Yes, actually I did. And I'm telling you, it was really nervous. It was a major decision to go ahead and, and to uh, continue to pursue cosmetology because I started thinking, okay, like I said, trying to build the clients. And, and you made a good point as far as, you know, it's, it's very just There's a salon on almost every corner, you know, maybe two or three on each block, you know, so... I'm like, am I getting into, you know, a field where, you know, it's just it didn't make sense to get into, you know, should I just continue um, on the path that I set on? I, and you're right. I didn't feel, I didn't want to just let myself down, let my family down. But in the end, I didn't because now I am actually still using some of the, what I've learned as accounting for my business, you know, I do the books and that type of thing every night, you know? So, so yeah, I, I did struggle with it for a while trying to decide on exactly what I wanted to do. But once I jumped into it and decided, hey, this is what I want to do, I gave it 100% as far as, you know, making sure I really like studied the craft as far as like uh, training, schooling, keeping up with the latest and what's going on and just really mastering what I do, which has actually thankfully got me to the point that I am now. I think you just kind of made a, a very important point. It kind of got me thinking even more. So like you, you kind of just said how, in a sense, you felt like, you know, you were leaving some things behind, mm-hmm. but then as you kind of started to venture further in your business, you realized that some of the skill sets, some of the knowledge that you had, it was useful. You can do the books for your business now. Exactly. When it comes to that, you know, now you can look at it. Now you can, you know, just different language and terminology. Because I know for me and for other people who may not be as versed in real estate, some of that stuff could be a 
foreign language to you. It sound like a foreign language. But if you, now that you know terminology or now that you kind of are a step above of some people, whereas other people may hire someone to do their books or whereas somebody have, have to put that faith in somebody else, you can keep exactly. it all out. You can do it right. all yourself. So I think that that's a big message, a big message well, out there. And also what I like to, what I like to add is that, you know, I do have something to fall back on. So I would suggest that everyone, you know, I had a plan B. I'll say that. If for some reason it did not work out, I did have a plan B. I had something else to fall back on. And that's, and I think that too, it, I don't think having a plan B is a bad thing. I don't want people to right. hear, you know, having a plan B or having, thinking about a backup or thinking about something, oh, well, you're automatically kind of assuming that things aren't going to work out. No, but right. we live in a very real world. We live in a world exactly. where we not three years into COVID-19 almost. So you have exactly. to expect it. Right. Everything could be copacetic. Everything could be smooth sailing. You could continue to elevate. Just like that. Mm-hmm. We want exactly. to get away from, you know, not having a business, not being a podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know about it. Come on now. So at the end of the day, you really have to believe that. Now, if you never have to use the backup plan, if you never have to. Oh, yeah. Then that's perfect. Oh, right. Right. You know, yeah. all power to you. But at the end of the day, exactly. you still have to have that foundation still have to set in there. Okay. 25 years. We're working our way journey now. We're kind of going through. So as you started to really realize your passions, as you started to really realize what I love to do, I love this. Where did a lot of the clientele start? Are these friends? Was this word of mouth? Was this social media? I know social media wasn't as populous as it is right now mm. and how, it, how it can really take a business off the ground. So what was it really like having to build essentially from the ground up? Ooh, so you're talking about the 90s. Okay, so now you're going way back. So you're talking about walking up to people and it's like, hey, oh, you look nice. You know, I'm a stylist. Hey, here's a flyer. Here's a uh, 10% off discount card. <laughs> you come in and use this on a Tuesday. Give you $10 off or a percentage off. So, uh, no, it really was word of mouth. So I had to, if I, let's just say if I had someone come in uh, my very first salon, I worked, it was in the Glenside area of um, Pennsylvania. And nice, nice area. Clients would come in and then they would say, oh, hey, I like my hair. I'm going to tell my sister about you. I tell my mom. So if there was no social media. You know what I mean? I literally had to go get word, word of mouth or just put myself out there. You know, I had to have the, the boldness to actually walk up to someone and let them know, you know, hey, I am a stylist. I would love to do this. And then unfortunately, I had to take a, a pay cut because I was doing what I needed to do to bring them people in. And with that being said, I have, uh, see what I started in 97. I still have 10 of my original clients, which is almost unheard of. So they follow me throughout the years. So, yeah. So right now, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to say that the ladies have it a little bit easier today. Not a lot easier, but it, it is a little easy because you don't, all you have to do is put your, your images up on social media, click, and people find you. But, you know, like I said, back in the 90s, you really had to put yourself out there. I had to look the part, you know, you know and, 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 and thank goodness it worked out, you know? I think that really, I think too, that last thing you said, looking the part, because you know, mm-hmm. as a stylist, as you walking up to people and you know, <laughs> you can't be walking up to people looking crazy. You, can't okay. be have, you know, your hair all crazy, but you tell them. And people, I've seen it. And I've seen it. But I really do this. So it's just like, what do you, you know, you gotta, you gotta truly put your word where your right. mouth is at that point. But I definitely exactly. do think that that real, that organic, those authentic mm-hmm. connections, they, they help. And they also, you know, I think too, they also speak to somewhat a character. The fact that you had to, you know, kind of do all of this just to get where you are. They just let you know that, you know, when you get where you are, it's not just going to be, oh, I'm good. I made it. I'm settling. I'm I'm comfortable. No, because at the end of the day, you recognize that it took you this much energy, much effort, much time, right. much nice discounts, pay cuts, whatever the case may be. Just right. And that's what I was going to say. It also, it took me out of my comfort zone. 
because I'm not that type of uh, that, that aggressive person. Oh, well, maybe not aggressive, maybe not even that assertive. I, I, you know, I, I was comfortable where I was. I'm used to, you know, people maybe coming up to me, you know, uh, like I said, even today, I was like, oh my God, I'm sweating all morning. Like, oh my God, this talk, I have to speak in front of people. You know, I know it's just me and you, but I'm just saying, so I really had to come out of my comfort zone, approach people, let them know, hey, here, this is what I do. Give me a try. I'll tell you what, I, um, one of the ladies, like I said, uh, one of the ladies, she still followed me to this day. Saw her at Pathmark Supermarket. This is a supermarket from back in the day. You know, she saw me. She liked the, she liked my hair. I told her I was a stylist. Gave her a business card. You know, what I mean, we had a conversation in the supermarket. I mean, but these are the types of things that we had to do. You know, and in order to get a clientele back in the day. You know. Right now, I think, I think too that even for people who you know, for me hearing that, I'm I'm a little bit different because it's just like. Oh, for me, I, t- I tell people a lot of times that like, I feel like if I didn't have the podcast, if I didn't, you know, if mm-hmm. I didn't have brand myself in this way, if, if social right. media wasn't so prevalent and powerful, I really wouldn't be as active as I am. But it, it's almost it's where your business nowadays, if you're not on social, you're, you're almost cheating yourself out of that. You're taking all that away from yourself. You're taking that potential that experience away from yourself. I hear something like how y'all had to rock back in the day. Oh, that's me. I love yeah. talking to people. I love, you know, not. Okay. Once- okay. <laughs> Because I can be very, you know, selective and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, when it's like having to make yourself uncomfortable, no, that wasn't always something that was easy for me. But I've had to do it so many times at this point. And for me, it's just like it's another scenario. But it also goes to show the luxury, like you said, how not you don't want to necessarily say it like this, but I, I'm, I'm going to say it for you. We have it good nowadays being business <laughs> on the like that. You can go on social media. You can click a couple of buttons, drag this here and there. You never have to say anything to anybody. And they yeah, say, yeah, and, and then they'll call you. They reach out to you. You're right. You're, so you're right. That you know, sometimes that how you, I would say, the mantra behind your business or how you kind of embrace it and allow it to kind of translate to other people can really depend on what it took to lay that foundation. If the foundation really had to be laid just via social media and things were kind of easy and the ease, well, you know, when it comes to really that success and things like that, you may not, you may not kind of fathom it the same way or appreciate it the same way. Whereas if you knew. You were up at 7 a.m. every day passing out flyers, walking, looking at the different, making you walking in the other probably hair salon, hair, getting motivation, getting different things like that, making yourself situations. Oh, well, when that success comes, when these clients now you can look 10, like you said, you still have some original clients. That's amazing. it, It allows you to treat your foundation much differently. The work speaks for itself. At the end of the day, look at Look at that clientele. That's a test. That's a walking testimony right there. Right. Exactly. I love that. Okay. So with being in Philadelphia, with just being in PA, looking at the different areas and everything like that, when it kind of came to this niche, just getting into artistry, everything like that, like you said, you were looking and nowadays salons are very popular. I, I see a lot myself. Was there like a particular area? Was there a particular place that you wanted to kind of be just getting started? Did one area have a need for it? How did you kind of go about really setting up shop, setting up location? Okay. Well, let me tell you. All right. I have to tell you this short story. So years ago when I, you know, like I said, when I first got started, um, I wasn't sure. Uh, I was just like, okay, I really enjoy doing this hair, but do I really want to own a business? So it did get to a point where I was just like, you know what, if I'm going to be in this, I'm going to do this. I want to own my own shop. So I remember having a conversation with a fellow um, stylist and she asked me that the same exact question. Tish, what would you want to do? Will you see yourself in a few years, whatever? And I said, you know, I really would like to own a salon, but in the Chestnut Hills 
section of Philadelphia. Now, I say that because back in the day, like I say, like in the 90s, early 2000s, it wasn't as diverse as it is today in that neighborhood. And, you know, I've always wanted to be there if I was going to do my own thing. And I'll never forget, she said to me, that's not hell. And I said, yeah. She said, girl, please. She's dreaming. I mean, and she literally, I mean, she was serious. I mean, she even chuckled like, no. And, and, and she said that, and I'm, I'll tell you this because like I said, that it was not as diverse. It was almost impossible to have like an association. It's just a really nice section of Philadelphia. And when she said, I'm telling you, I just got, I got mad tomorrow. I was just like, are you serious? Like, cause she was just like, in, in other words, it would never happen. That's not going to be you. Find another area, find something else to do. And you know, and that's where I am today. And that was just with hard work and persistence, you know what I mean? So to answer your question, yes, I did have an area, a location I wanted to be in, and it's right where I am. Not to say that the other areas of uh, Philadelphia were, were not good or great, but that's where I wanted to be with the type of clients that I have, uh, educated, working women. You know, they weren't going to put up with any other, you know, because I was already coming from um, the suburbs, the Glenside section of Philadelphia, where a lot of them lived out in the suburban area. So I had to go into an area that I felt was just as nice as where I was coming from. And that was, that was Chestnut Hill for me. You know, so after she asked me that question or, you know, years ago when I was trying to decide on what I wanted to do, that was where I wanted to be and, and live. That's where I am. So you can't, my advice to anyone would be, don't let anyone kill your dream. You know what I mean? Because I could have been like, you know what? She's right. You know, the rent might be high. The mortgage may be high if I try to buy. It's not as diverse. You know, they may not accept me. You know what I mean? My type of uh, clients, my style. But look, here I am. You know, and it's going on 12 years now. You know, so. Say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I love that just because, you know, a lot of something that I'm so big on and I've spoke about it in previous episodes for sure. It was a that I had to adopt was pay attention to how you're speaking. Pay attention to how you're thinking. For me, like at one point I spoke about, I can't remember which episode I spoke about this on, but it was previous. We were in a, I felt like at one point in my life, like everywhere I looked, everywhere I turned, people were talking about manifestations, affirmations, different things like that. For me, I would never say that, no. I wouldn't say I just shrugged them off or just said that's baloney, whatever, whatever. But I didn't necessarily embrace it. But that's not to say that, you know, I saw miracles being worked in a lot of people's lives, whether it's a miracle, whether it's prayer, whether it's hard work, dedication. I'm not the deciding factor behind that. All I know is that at the end of the day, you put forth something, however you put it forth, and it came to however long that's it took. It. It doesn't matter. Once you I really pay attention to that and just mm-hmm. change my mindset, just write things down, just be more positive, read these positive affirmations, pray, talk about things. Man, it, it may not have always happened when I wanted it to. It may have mm-hmm. not always happened, but I right. felt better. I just, when it came to podcasts, when it came to just different ventures and things that I wanted to involve myself in, I felt better. Now, it's to the point now, you can't tell me anything about this bad. That's it. That's it. Okay. You're you're seasoned. This is what you do, right? And you also have to be careful who you share your dreams with. I learned that. I learned that, uh, you know, at, at, at a very young age. You have to be careful. Not that it won't happen. But, you know, people say sometimes it can get to you and your whole way of thinking start to change. So I have learned that I'm very careful, very selective of who I share my dreams, you know, because I'm telling you, people, you wouldn't think so. But some people really can um, jealous, be jealous of your success or how big you dream or how high you want to go. They may want to stay down here. You want to go even further. So you just be careful who you share your dreams with. That would be a bit of advice out 
it's to the point where some people like they how how you think or the success or what you want for yourself scares them. and it's just like for me like if i'm not for me that's how i like to dream that's how i like to visualize how i like to you gotta go big or go home it's to the point where i didn't I've seen so many things or done so many things on a smaller scale or, or watch the work or, or set steps for myself or make the visions and things like that and make it happen to the point where it's just like, okay, I want to take it a step further. Let me take it a step further. And even if I, sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't get it. Sometimes it takes longer. So there are so many things being worked out right now for the good, for the bad, for the better, for the worse that we don't even realize that at some point we're going to have to experience. We're going to have to go through. How are you letting that make you, break you, shape you, defeat you? Monitor. And for me, J. Cole said it best. If they don't know your dream, you can't shoot them down. Sometimes yes, exactly. you have to protect that peace. You have to understand that, you know, this is not for everybody. Everybody no, doesn't want to be into this. Now, that's not to say that I still won't, you know, I'm still not going to make this happen or I'm being secretive or anything like that. You got to protect your oh, peace. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Right. Got to oh, protect yeah. your peace. You got to, the same way, you know, you're not going to reveal all the plans and all the, the framework and things like that for your business and what you have going on. Well, you also have to think like that when you're disclosing things with people. Everybody doesn't always have the best interest in mind. And sometimes it's those who we think are closest to us, right around us, oh. family, friends, whatever, who could be, <laughs> have to be careful. after the phone call or after the text. Man, that's not going, man. They, it sounds good, but it's not. Like you said, the, almost a smirk and a laugh and kind of looking like, but now me hearing that from somebody who I genuinely love, care about, value your opinion. Oh, well, second guessing it. Well, that's my right hand. Well, actually, you're going to start second guessing. That takes away. thinking. That takes away from exactly. that. Even if it's just a thought in your mind. It's mm -hmm. already too much to your process. Because at the right. end of the day, at some point, you weren't thinking like that. This became exactly. a vision. This became a goal of yours because you you knew that you could achieve it. What, however that motivation came, however you watched it on TV, you heard a quote, whatever. But now at the end, now that you're second guessing that, now that you're starting to double back, not nah, the energy. That's not the type of you need. So like like you rightfully said, 12 years in Chestnut Hill, that's no mistake. Yeah, I thank God for it all the time. I do. And I'm going to tell you, it got so deep that I did share it with, uh, with someone that was close to me, a family member. And, you know, after talking to her, I'm, I reconsidered even, you know, taking that step because she gave me all the reasons on why I should not. You see what I'm saying? So I'm just so thankful I blocked that. But, you know, you have to you have to be careful. You have to be careful. Please. So I want to get into the Taylor family a little bit. Just all right. All right. A monumental group of people, man. So like I said, I was able to get Whitney on here. I was able to see everything that she's doing from the time I interviewed mm -hmm. her back in 2019 to nearly three years later. She's amassed so much success, accomplishment. Oh, she's doing great. Eric, so what role has family played in all of this? What, what role has it been from, a, like you said, from E when he was just your boyfriend motivating you, telling you, yo, take that step? So now to seeing your daughter come into business and do different things like that, what role has all of that been able to transpire so that y'all are here today making it happen? You know what? I'm, I'm telling you, my, Whitney tells me all the time that she looks up to me and that's what's major for me, you know, because I'm just like, then I have to really succeed. I want her to see me succeed. You know, uh, like I said, well, I have a very supportive family. They're so supportive. So like I said, when I wanted to go into here or when I wanted to open up my own salon, they were all like, Go for it, you know, but I wanted to show my girls, because I have two daughters, uh, Whitney and Maya, I wanted to show them that you can still be a mom, a wife, a businesswoman, you know what I mean? You can still, you can have it all, you know, and, and, and still make time for family, and, you know, so I, I would like to think that um, family plays a big part. I, I think if I didn't have the support of the family, it would not have been as easy as it was, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. So now, coming into business opening up your salon, everything like that. 
So Salon is now open now. How, where did staff come from? Where did the name come from? Where did the mantra, because I go on the website now, I feel exquisite. Okay. I feel fancy okay. scrolling through, I'm reading. It's, it's nice font, it's, it's very artistic. I can tell that essentially, no disrespect to my fellas, a woman did this, you know, because exactly. it's, 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 and not to say I've been on some very visually appealing websites on my guy's side for sure, right. but like a women just put that extra oomph on it. It's just like, yeah. Okay. So what was that? How did, how did posh hair artistry, artistry really come to be everything that it is right now? All right. So I have to put a plug in for my sister. My sister, she actually designed the website. Okay. Kingdom Innovative Friends, uh, Erica. <laughs> she put the, yeah, she put the website together. But, okay, so I came, the salons, I only worked at two salons before I decided to do this on my own. And the salon that I came from with was a lot of stylists, maybe about 10, 12 of us. So I wanted to create a salon that was a little more intimate. So there's just three of us there. And I love it because, you know, uh, we come in. When you uh you come in, we're ready for you. You know, uh you said something a little bit earlier about going to a salon and having to wait all day. We don't do any of that. Come in, your appointment time is your appointment time. You have an eleven o'clock appointment, uh, maybe about five, maybe ten after eleven, you're in the chair. We get you in, we get you out. You know, so that was very important to me. As far as the ladies that work with me now, my sister is actually one of them. She does more of like the natural styling. Um, and I have a, a really uh, nice stylist, Kristen. Oh, she's awesome. She's just as seasoned as I am as far as years of doing the um, hair. Posh, I don't know. I was just one night, I was when I was trying to decide on the name of the salon, you know, for some reason I thought about myself and, you know, how I thought people might look at me. You know, I, I don't like a bunch of, I want to say the right word, nonsense, buffoonery. You know, I want you to come into the, to the salon and, and feel relaxed. Uh, we don't have a television in the air because you're in and out. We have radio on, some light music, nice conversation, you know. So uh, that's how, you know, Posh became, you know, Posh. Also, I think one of the other things that a lot of the ladies like about this a lot, the atmosphere. Let's say we don't have a lot of people coming in trying to sell shirts jewelry like some of the salons I used to work at no soliciting allowed and I think that they appreciate that you know and also the the ladies that work at the salon with me you know we're very attentive I'll say that um you know my clients when they come in they may say um say they come in one week hey Tish uh, my husband had to have surgery on his knee you know concerned about it they come back a month later a few weeks later I remember that Hey, how's your husband? How that how did surgery go? You know what I mean? Those types of these these are the things that I'm not gonna just say just women like, but I know the ladies that do what they like. They know that you're listening. You know, you're not just a dollar sign. You you know what I mean? You have to build that relationship. You know, and I don't think I would be able to build that relationship if I had a client in my chair and three other ladies sitting on the side wondering, you know, hey. When's my turn? You know, she, she had me sitting here for hours, you know, so I could take that time to get to know them. Even with my older clients, that's one thing, but even with the new lady, you know, I've had a client even say that to me. She was like, you actually pay attention to what I'm saying, not just with the hair, but what I'm saying, you try to get to know me as a person. So, yeah, so that's just, that's what we're all about. And, and it's not just myself, the other ladies that work, they're also the, the same exact way. So this is the atmosphere that we created and I'm, you know, very proud of it. I love to hear it. I don't need any styles or anything done to my hair, but I would definitely visit. <laughs> I, think, I think that that's so important. Something that mm-hmm. I don't realize, fellas, she dropped a gem for y'all. And I'm going to tell y'all how she dropped a gem for fellas and just for people in general. Listen to you. Listen. Just listen. Pay attention. It's little things sometimes, you know, that can just, you know, make or break somebody's day. Or you don't really, something I'm so attentive to now, you don't know what type of day somebody is having. 
kind to everybody. The same way you have bad days and you may have an attitude. Well, somebody's day could be a hundred times worse, and they could be moving through a mile, spreading love, still and still making things happen, and you wouldn't know. So I think that that too goes something that I'm very prideful on about my job, and something that I'm intentional with, personable. Like you said, remember, you know, just little things about surgery or or rough days or just you know something coming up, weddings, birthday, anything like that, because mm-hmm. it's not just with women. People just like that, especially in the hospitality, customer service. It's not just seen as oh. I'm here to just do a job and that's it. That's what we're going to keep it at that. No, personal a little bit. Let's, you know, show that I was listening. Let me ask about something. Let me follow up. The fortune is always in the follow-up. You know, it's, it's exactly. one thing to say something, to have a conversation. What did you retain from that conversation? Were you just listening to them? Were you just trying to pass time? Or were you genuinely, you know, paying attention? So I think a great mindset to have and not just with air, not just with styling, not right. just with podcasting, not with customers. So you want to do that no matter what you are, no matter what you do. You always want to bring people back because 12 years in my deal, customers since the 90s still, it's all starting to make sense to me. Well, now I see why. Because look at how you treat the ladies. Look at the environment. Look at the like-minded individuals that you surrounded yourself with. Look at how people know when they come into posh hair artistry, there's a standard. There's a no right. standard. We're not in here just watching TV, just shooting. <laughs> in here for five, six hours. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Barbershop, fellas. Like, you know, so it's just... <laughs> I think, but I think that that's important to have these standards, these guidelines, just these these mindsets, these even I would say even these attitudes and just how you feel about because you know if if you let the people decide everything, this wouldn't really be your business. This you would you would be you know adjusting to other. People. But at the end of the day, you're serving, you're still pleasing, you're still taking care of people, and you're running things how you want to run things. I think that that's crucial. That's so important, man. I love that. So okay, so for the ladies, man, I feel like this is a very question i feel like we may have even been for this a little bit so what do you do if i if i walk in a, if, if we walk in a posture artistry if we're looking at the website if we're looking at the services mm-hmm. okay can, like what can we get done so here's the deal so this is what we try to do especially for newer clients we would like to we try to have a, a consultation because believe it or not there's some people you just can't work with okay so you come in you had a conflict consultation you may have some unrealistic expectations expectations. You may not have any hair. You expect me to work a miracle where your hair is just flowing down your back without weave extensions. I mean, I get sometimes they really think that we're magicians. So so we do. Consultation, come in, you know, we talk a little bit about what you expect from me, what I expect from you. Boom. We decide, hey, we work well with each other. So you know this this will work. Let's go. So we do um natural hair. When I say natural hair, I mean, um, relaxer free. We have a lot of ladies that are starting to embrace their natural lot. By that, I mean, you know, I don't know if you if you've seen it, just like the kind of wet and go hair, put a little product in. A lot of our ladies are starting to rock their natural curl. They don't want weave extensions. They don't want relaxers. They just want to embrace what God gave them. So that's why I would say when I first started doing hair, maybe about 60, 70% of my clients would get a chemical. And by that, I mean they would put something in the hair to make the hair super straight. Now, I would say about 80% of our ladies are natural. You know, they want to, you know, a lot of ladies, they work out, um, a lot of our clients, so they want a protective style. So what a protective style means is, is extension, some type of twist so that they can go ahead and work out without messing up the hair. And they can, they can still go and do a Zoom call and look presentable, you know. So we do a lot of coloring. A lot of cuts, but we don't really get into, like I said, we get into a situation, we don't get into a whole lot of, we, we try to do more of like softer 
lifestyle. Because like I said, a lot of the ladies, or a lot of my clients anyway, are closer to my age in their 40s or 50s. So they want something a little more um, relaxed, like they could just go, kind of shake and go. They want to be able to run their fingers through their hair and know that they have healthy hair. They, the clients trust me enough to let, you know, that when I tell them, hey, you may need a trim, you may need a deep treatment, they trust me and they'll say, okay, Tish, whatever you say, let's go for it. What I could say is that if you come into Posh, you will be able to expect um, an experience. That's what I think we try to give the whole the experience from the time you walk in to the consultation to going back and be are being ready for you once you come in and leaving happy, hopefully. <laughs> love that. Love that. Love mm-hmm. that. Okay. okay. So something that I, I'm always very interested in, especially with industries that one I'm not involved in nor very knowledgeable about, is you know, the outside looking in picture. I mm-hmm. feel like we may look at someone like you who owns a shop and we may may think one thing. We may think that oh, this is how it runs. This is, you know, this is, it's not really much to it. All she has to do is da 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 But behind closed doors, we know full well, it's a lot more to that. So what is something that you know, you, you feel like that it really took you having to get into this industry, really embrace this industry that you learned or that you were taught, whereas the average person, the outsider looking in may not know. What is something that when it comes to, it could be day-to-day operations, it could be something you learned about, it could be with building rapport with customers. What is something that you would have, you know, owning this, being in this for 25 plus years now, being that that seasoned scholar, as you call it, like that has really taught you, has really opened your eyes up to that the average person may not know? I think what you said, the one building rapport with customers, that's not as easy as a lot of people may think, you know, in any business, like you say, not just with hair, but any business. So, you know, I have to dispute problems. You know, um, I used to have another lady that worked with me and that's a whole nother subject, but I always had to try to uh, be the problem solver and try to diffuse the situations unfortunately. But yeah, building rapport with clients, that's, that's, that can be a tough one because like, you know, we're in a different time. You know, I go on social media sometimes or I even watching the news, people are losing. You know, it doesn't take much for them to snap on out. So you have to, you know, be able to have that savvy and know how to kind of just like reel it in. You know what I mean? Also, I'll say from the business side, there's a lot of fees and different things that go into it. Um, I had a, a, a lady that used to work with me and she, I never complained. But I think she thought that running a business was super easy. But I didn't think that there was, a, you know, professional for me to come in and complain about, oh, this, I got to pay down this, or this is going to, you know, I always try to keep it cool. Long story short, she decided to leave, start her own business two years later, no more. You know what I mean? So uh, not to say I, I didn't wish ill on her. I was hoping that she would have been um, successful, but it's just, uh, it, it can be a little tough going into uh, your own business. So with that being said, even though, you know, I had a little bit of a business background, I still took business classes. Temple had, a, I think it was like a six-week business class. I took the business class and this was like years ago, maybe like even a year before I even decided to open the class. I'm sorry, the the salon. Also location. You know, you don't want to just go jump out and open up any type of business. Um, You have to do your homework. It's location, location, location. For me, I did not want to go into, like I said, an area where there was already three salons. And now I'm I'm, I'm playing with the price and, you know, all the the competition. I decided to go somewhere where actually at that time, well, even now, I was the only one that does the type of styling that I do for now. You know what I mean? So I, I just think that um, sometimes, like you say, people just think that it's just easy to just go in and open your business. But I would, I would suggest doing your homework and doing, you know, your research before you just go. And like I said, not just for hair, any business. And I mean, I, I really am glad that you, you spoke on that and you really spoke on that how you did, because at the end of the day, you 
just showed and you just exemplified that no matter how seasoned you are, no matter how many years, how many months, how many styles, how many clients, there's always room to learn. You took a class because you know you don't know it all. You know that there's still out there. You know that, and and sometimes it's not even about that. There's always more. It's always it's too that you realize, like you said, nowadays people are losing it. But what does that tell you? We're living in times where things are changing. So at the end of the day, how I podcast right now, I may not be able to do that five years from now, ten years from now. Right. I may have to adjust. I may have to get new equipment. I may have to go to different elements and things like that. That's not to say that I should let that take away from who I am as a podcaster. No. Mm-hmm. no. Don't let that take you away from who you are as an entrepreneur, a business owner, a creative, an artist, whatever you are. Simply make adjustments. Sometimes that's all it takes. It's just a little bit of adjustments. And it's not necessarily on you, your skill, your clientele, your reach, anything like that. Things change. The same way, you know, traditions and things were set in stone. Well, it's the same way sometimes you have to etch that stone again. Or sometimes new traditions evolve and things like that. Exactly. So, okay. So, we were only in quarter two right now. The year is very young. We still have a lot. Oh, obviously, like I said, you are living the dream in a sense. But at the end of the day, the same way that you can live a dream, the same way that you can be happy, you still can want more. You still can right. think about more. You still have different goals. You're still setting goals. The same way you're doing books and things like that and clientele and that you're comfortable with these ladies. At the end of the day, y'all still recognize that you want to continue to build and there's different things like that. What's the gosh as we move? Obviously, I don't Ooh. want you I don't want you to drop anything that you don't want to disclose or no, anything. No. <laughs> but as we look to move forward, what are you, you know, what are you excited about? What are you thinking about? What are you kind of trying to cook up, you know? Well, you know, it's, it's that's a very good question. I ask myself that question quite often because, you know, realistically, I don't plan on being uh, 75 doing hair. <laughs> I don't think the ladies would want me doing their hair at 75, you know, getting older. But I am, but we do have a product line out. Um, I actually have a product line called Asian, and uh, we excel it exclusively at the salon for now. But I am looking into, uh, you know, uh, incorporating it with like on the website so that you can be able to purchase it from here. So I, you know, after the hair, you know, I'm still want to stay in the industry somehow, but I'm not sure about, you know, doing the hair. Like I say, maybe for the next, no, I give myself maybe another. 10 years or so, you know what I mean? But I even had someone ask me if I wanted to open up another salon. That's not it. That's not out of the question either, you know, or maybe keeping this salon and just managing, you know, the older I get. So I do have some things, you know, I'm working on, but I'm not 100% sure right now. So maybe that is a good question. But like I said, I think that that's a good question just because it just lets you know, and this is more so talking to the listeners and things like that, but right. mind is always turning. It's always working. Right. You may not be able to just drop things, get things out how you want it, push it to how you want it. It doesn't right. mean it's not cooking. Some things take time. Some things are worked out. You said you're never ruling. The fact that, you know, you're not ruling things out, that means that, you know, open more- to it. Yeah, I don't want to become complacent. You, you know, I've, uh, right. Yeah. I mean, but, but like I said, for like right now, it's been okay. But now my youngest daughter, she'll be graduating from college in what, two years. And, you know, I, I would like to start living a little bit, you know, we're working hard, trying to get her out of there. <laughs> but like I said, within the next two years, um, like I said, we have the we have the product line that we're starting to really try to push. Um, And that's for our ladies with the natural hair care. And, uh, you know, like I said, maybe opening up another, that's not out of the question. So. We'll see. Now, if Maya about to graduate in two years, man, I'm about to sound. Oh, I just was oh, yes. about the decision because I remember E called me. Mm-hmm. Not tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> he said she want to go to Syracuse with me. 
he said, talk to me. And I gave, him, I gave him everything. I told him, you know, but at the end of the day, I was so proud of that. Yeah. You know, I love to see that. I, I knew that E at the end of the day, no matter what. Well, I knew mm-hmm. that y'all had family. Y'all obviously, you know, you're going to, you're not always going to put your eggs in one basket. You're going to be smart right. about it. Right. Oh, yeah, this, definitely. Y'all recognize that, look, if this is going to propel her, if this is what's going to make it happen, let's yeah. do it. Like, that, right. that two years left. Oh, that's crazy. I'm excited. I'm telling you, I'm telling we're excited for it, so. Love that. Okay. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, like I see that face. Like, yeah, it's about to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know, right? I know. <laughs> so, before we close things out, before I let people, you know, um, I tell everybody where they can kind of find you, where they can, the locations and everything like that. Do you feel like there's anything we haven't touched on today? Any last words you even want to leave for up and coming entrepreneurs, other ladies, other people who may just be tapping in in general, people in your lane, people in different lanes, anything like that? The only thing I can really think of, like I said, I think, I think I. We touched on it just a little bit. Just pursue you, your goals. Pursue your dreams. Seriously, care whatever it is. If it's something that you want to do, do it. I'm telling you, I was nervous as all heck to get started. And I'm just so glad that I did. Don't let anyone deter you from what you want to do. And and if I can't, I have to say it, I'll say it again. Do not let anyone kill your dreams. Do not share your dreams with everyone, honestly. Simple as that, y'all. It's just, you know, I, I love the fact that I've interviewed so many people, but yet mm-hmm. a lot of times the themes remain universal. They may have said it mm-hmm. a different way. They may have learned it a different way. They may even right. date it or they may even kind of project it out to others into a different way. But nonetheless, everybody still gives you that same, you know, that same universal theme. It's the major. Yeah. And I know people say it all the time, but it, it's so true. Literally, but that just lets me know that sometimes a lot of these cliche, a lot of these repetitive statements, they hold true. Why? Because they work. Because they mean something. Something didn't become cliche just because one or two people said it. It became mm-hmm. cliche. oh, uh, he's saying it, she's saying it. They all right. said it. he said oh, it. Yeah. That's the mission statement that you know. So at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff, it's not by luck. It's not by chance. This is really something. That okay. Exactly. So I love this man. I love, like I said, I love Taylor family, man. If y'all can't tell, they are so mindful. Oh, thank you, thank you. Made you made it easy for me tomorrow. I'm telling you. I'm, That's what we do here, man. We, you we, did. We, look at she said. <laughs> so you made it. So something that I always love to do is I always, you know, I want I want anybody listening to be able to find you, to be able to tap in with you, to be able okay. to learn more about you. So can you just tell all the listeners out there, all the viewers out there, what is the best way? contact with social media shop any website anything oh yeah so we're we're on instagram posh hair artistry posh hair artistry wait a minute yeah just posh hair artistry right <laughs> yeah i'm about to say wait a minute i'm looking it up okay and then our website is posh we actually have um our phone number is 215-753-1150 how can i forget this we were issued in um on visit philly dot com as one of the top salons to visit when in Philadelphia. Okay. We just over the holidays. So that was major. But yeah, but the best way to reach us is like I say, all the website, give us a call. Um we are by appointment only, um, because it's just the three of us there, you know, and like I say, we try our best to give you that experience. Appointment times, we we're really strict about that. So we are appointment only. And uh even if you even if they want to DM me on Instagram, you know, but we do prefer phone calls, you know, but you can go right to the website. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So look, if y'all didn't get it today, I, I got it. I learned something. I'm definitely motivated from this. I definitely do love, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to 
be able to see something. It's one thing to be able to follow progress, to be able right. to hear about it, to be able to tap in. But it's another thing when you're able to dive a little bit deeper into it. It's another thing when you're able to really see the origin, when you're able to see what 25 years ago looked like, what 12 years ago looked like, you know, and now to see a lot of things. And, you know, but still how even throughout all those years, you're still thinking, you're still evolving, you're still getting better. Exactly. So for me, to you, I'm wishing Posh Hair Artistry nothing but success, nothing but oh, you. Thank you. The milestones and the accolades that you've amassed already are just, you know, are just one step along the journey. It's so much oh, more. Exciting. Thank I'm you. I'm glad that we were able to lock this in, man. I'm glad that I was able to get the first mother-daughter duo. On oh, the- that's right. <laughs> I'm not letting this go because this is historical for me, man. But no, I'm so happy. We're so happy for Whitney, for Maya, for Coach E, man. I'm, I'm definitely glad that this was able to happen. And I appreciate you. You know, I appreciate you coming Thank on Thank you. Here. Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on. I really do appreciate it. It's always just a, a blessing just to be able to hear from different perspectives, hear from different right. industries, hear from different, you right. know, skill sets, mindsets, all of that, man. So exactly. it, man. I'm, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I'm cheering for you. Okay. Anything that you do on the podcast side, let us know. To okay. all the listeners, we appreciate you always. You know, like I said, we moving through. It's, it's quarter two. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very motivated. We're locking it, man. So this has been another episode of the Down to Business Podcast here with Tamar Turner.